Seasons, a year of movies. I'm Grace. And I'm Emma. This is the ASMR <laughs> episode. <laughs> we, can't, we can't make that joke. Everyone would have made that joke. I was about to make that joke. <laughs> but now I'm going to reprimand you for it. <laughs> anyway, welcome. We watched uh, the 1997 film, Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. written, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Of course. Yeah. Miyazaki season. Miyazaki season. Yeah, this was a very good movie. Yeah, it's real good. I was kind of... I wasn't, like, worried exactly going into it. This is historically one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just heard, I've heard some takes. There have been takes on the wind mm-hmm. on this movie. <laughs> and uh, it's still very, very good. I'm so glad. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I think maybe out of the movies that I haven't seen so mm-hmm. far cuz you've seen all the movies before. Yes. That we've watched so far, right? I yeah. I think I've seen all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I think out of the ones that I hadn't seen before, I think this is my favorite. Yeah. Which is well, how many have you not seen? <laughs> cuz I feel like it's been like it's like one other movie. Uh I I hadn't seen Nausicaa and, and Whisper of the Heart. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a that's a fair comparison point mm-hmm. um well uh, do you want to talk about the plot or do you want to talk about our history with the movie for i guess you've explained your history which is that you don't have a history well and i guess I i've mean, kind of explained my history too i don't have a history except that like so um uh, my bro- one of my best friends preethy um so this is one of her favorite movies mm-hmm. um and it has been for a long time and um you know she's an artist and she has a lot of very good drawings you know (laughs) of like mononoke related things um and she's just always talked about it and i was like oh yeah it's probably good um and then uh when i first met you you were like like you right around the time when we met you were like writing a paper um about you know this would have been a little bit into when we were dating yeah um and then I was like, yo, Preethi, like, this chick loves Mononoke. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, good person. So. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know about that. I mean, not about me personally, necessarily. But just, uh, I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think we should judge a person's worth by what media they like. It's true. Uh, that is not the reason I married you. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. I just knew, you know, it was just cool. Yeah. To see that. Well, actually, I guess I, I guess one thing I did with my history with this movie is that I, um, I watched it, uh, when I was probably a little too young for it mm-hmm. and was just weirded out by it. <laughs> um, and so just had a hard time with it. And mm-hmm. like, I, you know, like I liked other Miyazaki movies and I like knew it was the guy who did Kiki and Totoro and I was yeah. like, what is this movie? <laughs> How could this be? <laughs> How could this be? And then, you know, I watched it again later and, and fell in love with it. And it's sort of been a, a movie that I return to, like, every every year, every couple of years and watch mm-hmm. again. And and it's always super good. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Emma, do you want to take us through the plot? Start, I will do my you know, best. With, uh, you know, maybe some blind rejections from me. but mm-hmm. Yep. It's been, it's been almost a week since we watched this. And it is very dense. Um, yeah. So I'll do my best to mm-hmm. try to keep it contained. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think you should just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, I don't know, it's a bit, I, I want people to be able to listen to the podcast. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, so here's your primer. 
So, medieval Japan times. Yeah, Mur- the Muromashi period. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a prince named Ashitaka. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the prince of this group, this indigenous people um, in Japan, the Amishi. Mm-hmm. And he's out with Yaku, his elk friend, wonderful beast. Um, <laughs> and um, there's like some, there's like a disturbance in the forest. And it turns out it's a demon. And he fights off the demon, like protects the village. But the demon touches him and curses him. Yeah. Puts a curse. He done been cursed. Uh, physical. Um and you know the physical manifestation and like his arm is all blackened and mm-hmm. um and some t- and like it fills him with rage occasionally and like his arm swells up and he gets super strength anyway it's nasty yeah um but he is able to kill the demon and then they discovered that it it, it was a boar god mm-hmm. named Nago um they find a ball of iron in it and they're like this is what must have turned him into a demon mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it fills him with rage and hate. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately for Ashitaka, um, he's not allowed to stay in the village. He is, yeah. You know... well, he's, he's, so he's also like the heir, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and then it's not like some kingdom or anything. Like, it's just like this village. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and so, yeah, like him dying is like kind of it for for his relationship to the village. It's not really explicitly said why, but that's I think that's part of it. Yeah. So, like, you have to leave, and you can't come back, but, like, maybe you can figure out what the deal was, and maybe you can get cured and have a good life. Yeah, and see with eyes unclouded. Yeah. Because, like, you know, he's sort of an outsider to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he leaves. Before he leaves, his sister um, gives him a little crystal dagger. Yeah. And he's off with Yaku. So he travels through Japan, um, runs into some skirmishes, but he meets a monk. And this is where we learn about the demon powers is when he yes. runs into skirmishes. Yeah. Yeah. He like fights some samurai. Um, and uh, knocks some poor boy's arms off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's... Is this is when he like shoots the heads off. That's later. I don't know. It's very cool and gross. Yeah. Well, wait, maybe he... I don't know. Anyway, there there are multiple heads that get shot off, and maybe one of them is in this scene, but there's definitely more later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so he meets this monk named Jigo. I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and Jigo kind of like gets him out of a scrape, and they travel together a little bit. Um, and Jigo's the one who tells him, "Oh, like this is where the iron comes from. You need to go off to this place, mm-hmm. to Iron Town." Um, and also, yeah, you kind of find out that Jigo's also headed there. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, they separate, and Ashitaka makes his way to Iron Town, um, where he meets Lady Eboshi. Right. Well, also, he finds on the way there, mm-hmm. he finds uh, a couple of people who were wounded in a recent attack. So yes. there's been tensions between iron town and sort of the forest gods that surround him in particular these wolf gods Mm -hmm. as you get a scene of them having a fight Mm -hmm. and he rescues a couple of them like from the river yeah right um and they're very seriously wounded so he takes them back to the village um yeah and he he, meanwhile his encounter with like the forest god yes um, i don't think is 
I mean, is, is thematically important, but not important in a summary in that, except that he met <laughs> the forest god. Yes. Um, and so he takes this men, these men back and like, um, the people are kind of like, who are you? You are a spy for the wolves. Um, who are attacking us all the time. And Lady Oboshi's like, mm, like, I'm all, I don't know what your deal is, but I'm gonna let you hang around because, like, I'm the most powerful bitch in this town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, like, believe me, there are many powerful bitches oh, yes. in this town. It this is, is a high percentage of the population. <laughs> it is true. Um, yeah, well, I guess, I, I, like, yeah, some of the demographics is you have, like, these miners, but then all, there's also all these women who work in, like, forging the iron and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, all these former brothel girls yeah. who... Um, she's hired the contra- contracts of. Um, yeah. Um, and she also has, like, a bunch of lepers. Yeah, and um, they're all, like, her, for... her mechanics, basically. Like, yeah, like, so it's, like, this group of, like, just all these different groups of people, <clears throat> and, she, like, she's in charge. She was the one who, like, cleared out the land. Um, she's the one who shot Nago, the boar god. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so she's, like, you know... We're going to, like, tear down this whole forest and mine all the iron and be super powerful. Um, Which, like, is, you know, something, like, you know, they may, you know, it it is the problem that you're dealing with. There's, like, a local, like, lord and all the samurai who are, like, trying to attack them Mm -hmm. in addition to To the the forest forest gods. Who are mad at them, you know, like, basically... I mean, pre-industrialization, but, like, kind of strip mining this, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this area, right? Yeah. So, um, Ashitaka's just, like, getting to know the place. Um, and then San shows up. So, San is Princess Mononoke. Um, she was this human person, um, who's abandoned as a baby and raised by the wolf gods. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she's, like, this wolf person demigod of sorts yeah she doesn't um um, to be clear like she doesn't look like a wolf like she's just a human person Mm -hmm. who wears like clothes and like furs and stuff yeah um but she does not but she also like yeah she doesn't act human quote-unquote in sort of the right yeah and her her movements are so cool yeah good anyway um ashitaka is like slightly smitten with her uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly, 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 just a little. Bit. Anyway, but so she she comes to attack. She her goal is to kill Lady Boshi, um, and so so she like ambushes the village, um, and the dopest fight scene in it's the so world good. happens. Yeah. Um, but like Ashitaka kind of gets in the middle of it, um, and. Because uh, he's, like, worried about Son. Um, and eventually he, like, knocks both of our gals unconscious. Right. Um, and tries to, like, leave with Son. And then is, like, accidentally shot through the chest. But, you know, them demon powers. Yeah. Well, it's also, like, so when he sort of, like, comes to sort of confront Son and um, Lady Hiboshi, he's, like, he picks off his, like, sleeve. Yeah. And his arm is just complete like it used to be just his forearm but now his entire arm is like black mm-hmm. right and there's all these like weird worms like writhing and stuff it's sort of like a hallucinatory vision like it fades eventually yeah right um and then yeah he sort of uses his 
arm to like lift the this huge door yeah. in the front of the city, right? Yeah. So he leaves with Son, um, but he's like very badly injured. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, yeah, like bleeding out. Literally basically. shot through the chest. Yeah. Um and stuff and Son is about to kill him. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't like humans. I don't Right, and like why did you is. Yeah, like why did you save me what like you like work for the lady and he's and but just but also like you don't you're not trying to kill me so like what's going on yeah, right uh, i'm gonna just end you um and like right as she's like about to like slash his throat he's like you're beautiful um and it freaks her out yeah. <laughs> so she's like i guess i'm not gonna kill you yeah um but she takes him to like like the main like magical part of the forest mm-hmm. um and then, like, once they're there, then, like, the the forest spirit um, heals Ashitaka. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, like, if right. the forest spirit, like, wants you. Yeah, and alive, also Yakul is with them this whole time. <gasps> Yakul! Yeah. Love Yakul. Yeah, the most loyal boy. Oh, I love him. <laughs> um, yeah, and, but notably it doesn't. The curse is not healed. Yes, because, right. yeah, there's, like, Ashitaka was kind of hoping, thinking that, like, the forest spirit might be able to heal, get rid of the curse. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. But he is alive. Um, so then... Yeah, so there's kind of two, there's two significant things that happen, like, yeah. right here. Uh, first, we see that the forest god, um, in the nighttime, transforms into the Nightwalker. Yes. Which is, like, this kind of giant spirit floaty. There's a really interesting use of, like, CGI for sort of the more otherworldly mm-hmm. stuff. This is an example of that. Also, the demon mm-hmm. earlier is sort of, the, I get, like, kind of this writhing, like, yeah. tentacly, like, goopy stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's also, like, in part CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nasty. It's really, yeah. It's, it's I mean, cool. it's, it's very effectively <laughs> used, yeah. Um, and then also that... Jago is there, and that they're there to hunt and kill the forest god. Mm-hmm, the uh, monk. Yeah, the monk is there with some trappers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, the boars show a bunch of other boars, like oh, a different boars. tribe of boars. Yeah. So, I think it's I think it's the same tribe. Is it the same? No, well, they're from somewhere else. Like, maybe it's the yeah. same... Like, anyway, and the leader is o- Okoto. O- o- Okoto. Right, who's mm-hmm. this, like, very old, blind boar. Yeah. Um, anyway, but they, like, they want to avenge Nago. Right. Um, and, like, like, drive the humans out, right? You know, like, the humans killed Nago, and the forest spirit didn't save him, and right. we and hate then, humans. Right, well, and the wolves are like, he turned into a demon, and, like... It was his fault. And, <laughs> like, and he Okoto's like, no, I mean, like, the boars are like, no, he didn't. Like, mm-hmm. you're lying to us. Like, why, you know, he was strong and beautiful. That would never happen to him, yeah. right? And um, Ashitakus was like, yeah, yeah. I was there. <laughs> I killed him. Right. And um, Okoto, like, believes him. And he's, like, very respectful, but also, like, if I see you again, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, I mean, it's just, it's not nothing personal. but Yeah, because I think, because he, you know, um, there's, like, a line. I forget who says it, but they're like, oh, like, at least Okoto will listen to reason. Like, the other boars are just, like, right. so blind. And so, like, Okoto is like, thank you for, like, putting him out of his misery basically right. uh, but okoto is still determined to mm-hmm. attack the humans even though the um they're pretty certain that it's certain death right yeah do so yeah they're basically like you're not gonna win against the humans they have guns and like, right and you don't and it's, you know, it's not even just like i mean they're not like oh the boars are like not strong it's just like you don't even have a plan yeah like you're just coming here 
you're just angry. Gonna, yeah. And you're going to lash out, and, like, they're ready for you. And the boars are like, mm, like, don't care. We'd yeah. rather die. Right. <laughs> Gloriously. Um, yeah. And, I mean, this is sort of a quieter part of the movie where you get San and the the mother wolf god. Mm-hmm. Moro. Have, Moro have this conversation in the moonlight about San, about whether she's human or not, mm-hmm. and, like, what. And sort of, like, whether the forest and the humans can live together. Um, San agrees to, like, go with Okoto and, like, fight against the humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. I feel like, is that it before, like, the big fight? That I f- happens? I feel like it. So... Is there any other plot stuff that happens? I guess so, there's, like... We know that Jigo is in league with... Yeah, so Jigo and Lady Eboshi are like, we're gonna go get the forest spirit's head. Right. To bring back to the emperor. Right, and basically, like, the emperor is, like... Like, uh, Jigo's in it for the money. Yeah. And then Lady Eboshi's in it to, like, get protection, protection from, the, from the samurai and like mm-hmm. be sort of um, left alone right yeah and so they're off um well and also it's established that you know, the samurai beginning more aggressive like, yeah like attacking. the sam yeah and like the samurais start like officially attacking because like all the men go off either like with lady Eboshi to find the forest spirit or to fight the boars um yeah. and like there's mass carnage <laughs> Um, right. But, like, while all the men are gone, then the samurai attack Iron Town. Right. And so it's all, like, the gals and the lepers yeah. <laughs> fighting back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, Ashitaka's like, I'm going to protect everybody. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> um, so he, like, goes to Iron Town. Um, and, basically, he's like, okay, I will find Lady Hiboshi. I will tell her. And tell her to like, get back to... Iron Town, and thereby, like, prevent the Forest Bear from dying, is basically his Yeah. Plan. And also, like, she's, he's like, I want to find San. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so he goes, he tries to find, um, there's, I can't remember the exact order. There's, like, things. a bunch of stuff that happens here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he, like, um, doesn't find San. He does find Lady Hiboshi. Um, yeah. And, like, tells her this, and Lady Hiboshi's basically, like piss off like i'm gonna go kill the forest <laughs> god like but the girls can handle themselves like they you know and she's like it also like she doesn't you know he only has his word right he has no evidence um, yeah and he does like get the the boys who are with the um who are like you know burying the dead and like, yeah sort of like t- all the miners up, right to go back to um and then meanwhile san is with akoto who is dying yeah and like um, all the all the boars are dead right akoto Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so spooky. Yeah, well, so he's freaking spooky. I mean, he's just like bleeding and like dying, and like basically, mm-hmm. she's like, "I'll take you back to the forest spirit. The forest spirit might be able to heal you." Yeah. Right. But. But. Then all the trappers show up wearing <laughs> boar skins. Yeah. And there's like the apes in the forest are like, oh, these are like neither human nor animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like San kind of figures out what's going on. Yeah, but Akoto is like. My boars have been raised yeah, from my, the dead. Right, and then he starts turning into a demon of rage. Like, yeah. Um, like, um, starts growing sort of these red tendrils and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, San, like, trying to stop it and uh, gets knocked out by one of the trappers. Right, because, yeah, the trappers... in, the, in yeah. the demon. They were wanting Okoto to, like... Yeah. 
um, lead them to the four spirit. Right. Yeah. That was uh, sort of their life. So yeah. So he continues to so Koto sort of go, continues to go to the four spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, anyway, basically, like all these parties sort of converge <laughs> at the four spirits lake. Yes. Um, and so, like, you know, um, Ashitaka rescues San from the boar, but that's after, like, Moro sort of, like, fights him off, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because how does, how does Moro die? Like, I remember. Well, they sort of, yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, at what point? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. Anyway. And there's a lot. There's a lot that happens here, because then the four spirit shows up, right? Yes. And um, goes to... Oh, right. Moro, earlier, like, was yeah. shot real bad. And, yes, and yeah. And so she was like, She's I'm, already just, I'm not going to fight, because I'm, I'm just... saving all my energy to bite off Lady Uboshi's head. <laughs> right, and um, then she... Um... But she, but she's like, I guess I'll use my strength to save my daughter. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so yeah. she and the boar have, like, a little fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ashitaka, like, kind of, like, she Moro, gets, Moro yeah. gets, like, son in her mouth. And, like, yeah. Ashitaka, like, climbs out and, like, basically tries to heal her, like, in the lake. Um, and then the hunting party shows up. And also the forest spirit shows up. Yeah. Right? The forest spirit kills Okoto and Moro. Yes, like, like just like just takes like, their spirits. Yeah, maybe it's not. I don't want to be like he murdered them, right? Like they're <laughs> yeah. a god. Like it's not yeah. right. Um, he just like has power, and then begins to transform into the Nightwalker because it's nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, Lady Hiboshi gets a shot off. Yes, um, like during the transformation, right? And it's like like there's you know San like does his best to prevent it, and the Forest Spirit also like overgrows her gun with plants and stuff, so uh-huh. she can't. She has trouble firing, but she does get a shot off and beheads it. Yes. Um, things start to go bad. <laughs> yeah, so the form of the Nightwalker, which was, like, glowing, like, growing and glowing. Yeah, um, and this sort of like, blue color, Yeah, right? it's, like, this beautiful, like, shimmery blue, um, kind of gooey looking, but then the head gets shot off, um, and, like, the goo turns dark, and, like, just starts spreading over right. the entire life. And everything that it touches dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I don't, yeah, the thing is, I'm trying to remember when Moro gets beheaded. Because that is the thing that happens. Because then her severed head bites off yes. Lady Hiboshi's arm. Yes. Well, I was, I feel like in my brain, it's like, like the goo, the like, goo eats like, her body. That might be right, And yeah. then, like, just her, like, her head wakes up. up and just, like, <laughs> that might be right. Um, it's not super important, but I was, but that was one of the things where I was like, wait, when does that happen? <laughs> it's another um, thing. Yeah. Um, which is, like, great, because also, Lady Oboshi's, like, even a dead wolf, like. Yeah, right. Can be, that's something she says, like, herself. earlier in the movie, yeah, too. Yeah, so. and stuff. So she's, like. Like, she ain't mad. <laughs> yeah. Her arm yeah, gets she... bitten off, and she's like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so then the monk sort of picks up the head, gets into this, like, bucket. And basically, he's been hired by the emperor yeah. to bring it back so, like, the emperor can live forever or, like, save his son or something. I don't yeah. remember the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, and starts running off with it. But people who are carrying it keep getting, like, swallowed by the, you know, <laughs> the, goo the goop and, and the dying. Dog. Um, and so the rest of the movie is basically this, like, you know, San and Ashitaka going to war in Irontown mm-hmm. and trying to recover the head 
Um, yeah. So they get, they like warn Iron Town, so all the people like get into the lake. Um, right. Because like the goo can't spread there as fast. And um, like they're all chasing after Jigo. Yeah. And he's like, it's fine. Like we just have to make it until the sun comes up. Right, um, because then the theoretically will right, which he also does not know. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, this is could be you know complete conjecture is complete conjecture, right? Yeah. Um, um, but then they're just like, yeah. Human hands have to return it anyway. So they get the head yeah. back. There's like a little fight scene and stuff. Yeah. And they both like reach up, and then uh, it's such a good mm-hmm. image because like both you know both their arms get covered in like the curse marks. Like both mm-hmm. San and Ashitaka lift it up the forest spirit like comes back and gets its head then falls to the ground and sort of explodes Mm -hmm. and like breaks apart iron town and all the wood that was like in iron town gets like swallowed back into the forest and everything starts growing again yeah and so san and ashitaka are both like in this this green field Mm -hmm. and they're like okay like ashitaka's like i'll go help rebuild iron town and sounds like i'll live in the forest i still hate humans yeah (laughs) um Um. and lady hiboshi's like ashitaka was right um, and that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah. Right? Is there anything else? I mean, we yeah, didn't Yeah, I think the... it's like, yeah, they just, like, say, like, the forest spirit might not be back. Like, it might be dead. Right. But, And, like... and is like, the forest spirit cannot die. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think it's, like, I, I do think the movie, if you would it's argue like... the movie as a position, it's that the forest spirit's still alive. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the movie, like, spells that out. Like, that is what it is. Yeah, right? I feel, I feel like the form... Is gone. Yes, right. That's, like that's there's not sure. like a being. Yeah. Um, who can like, like who can like you know cure people or like right. kill them, but like nature still has like its spirit. Right. right? Yeah. So it's like regrowing. Um. And yeah. And just Ashi. Yeah. San is like I'm gonna stay in the forest. Um. And Ashitaki's like I will come visit you. <laughs> like right. when I can. Yeah. And she's like okay. <laughs> right. And then I mean there's sort of yeah this the forest is like coming back. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's, yeah, that's basically the movie. Yes. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like that's a pretty good summary. And I think we got through like most of the major beats of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like we are kind of underselling what this movie is. There is so much. Um, <laughs> so do we, I kind of, I want to get into it, but maybe first we should go into our, our likes and yikes. Just yeah. get them out of the way. Yeah. Just little things. So Grace, what is your like? Okay. So there's a couple scenes where Ashitaka's just like walking in the forest, um, and, like, the, the light from the trees that's, like, you know, the shadows of the leaves are falling on him, mm-hmm. and it's just so pretty, and I don't know how you do this, like, lighting effect. I wonder if there might be some CGI component to it. It is astoundingly beautiful mm-hmm. in a way that, like, I cannot... Yeah, that's that's it. It's just, like, so gorgeous, and that's, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, my yike is... So this is, this is kind of just, like, an incomplete thought mm-hmm. um, that I don't know, like, that could become, like, a real criticism of the movie, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I have enough to say about it to put anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but, so it's established that, like, Yuboshi, bar- like, buys the contract of every brothel girl and, like, gives them, like, this honest, you know, quote-unquote honest work, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think there's something, I mean, there's something, like, really empowering and ennobling about that um, mm-hmm. in some sense because, like, they're being freed from something that is theoretically exploitative and, and like, manipulative, mm-hmm. right? But we also don't really know that, like, in the movie it doesn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And maybe, but the thing is, like, it feels like it's kind of relying on a general cultural knowledge. And I guess 
for me as someone who's like not well versed in, in Japanese attitudes towards uh-huh. sex work and stuff, um, it comes off as very typical like, oh, sex work. That's bad, <laughs> right? You don't want to be doing that. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think, and also like they're, the Lady Hiboshi's relationship with them is very contingent on this sort of like labor, right? That like mm-hmm. they work really, really hard, mm-hmm. um, sometimes for days at a time yeah. doing things. And I mean, and like the thing is that they're really like, there's this sense of devotion to Lady Hiboshi and the sense of um, like indebtedness, right? But uh, but the labor dynamics of that, I don't think are like really thoroughly explored in mm-hmm. any Anyway, and that's not, like, I, I want to be clear, this is not something that, like, I think I'm, like, super down on. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, like, is in the movie that I don't quite have the angle on. Mm-hmm. And that maybe doesn't just have a, like, maybe for me personally, or maybe just the movie itself doesn't really have a foothold for me to get there. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and this is one of the things, it's like, I just like this movie a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have a lot, I don't have, like, a, a thing that's like, oh, I don't like this little weird thing in this movie. Like, I like everything that's in this movie, pretty much. And yeah. so this was just the one thing that I that I thought of. Yeah, I think, I have some thoughts on that, but we can save it towards late, uh, later. I mean, I don't know, you can, you can, you can <laughs> spill the beans. If, I don't know how much we're going to talk about this stuff later. Yeah, um, I just, like, when I was, because I think, like, I agree, it's like, they're all, you know, it's like, sex work is bad right and like you know they've like all been freed um right but like one in the text like all the girls are like this is great this yes. is so much better yeah like, that's definitely true we, like the men were horrible to well, us i also thought about something else but yeah finish your thought and then i've got another thing yeah, related like to that. the men were horrible to us and now we have like our dumb minor husbands <laughs> yeah <laughs> that we love um, and like you know and like we just get to hang out and like Lady Oboshi spoils us. And, like, right. Um, um, and the zone of this, I think I, that I think ties into some of the thematic stuff. Um, but everyone is like super horny for Ashitaka. Yes. Um, in a way that like does not, it is not, I'm trying to figure out. Cause like, I feel like stuff like this where everyone's like horny for this one dude, mm-hmm. it's either like, either like secretly they're really interested and into it, but like can't really bring themselves to do it. Or they're like sort of bothered by it. Like they maybe have like, I guess there's some horror anime where it's like, oh, I have this, like, one true love, uh-huh. but there's all these other girls, like, keep getting in the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's not, like, that's not what's happening here. It's just, like, this, and there's not even this sense of, like, oh, I want to be in a relationship with this person, or I want to, like, you know, They're like, just like, hey. They're just like, hey. Come this hang is a, out with us. Yeah, this is If you want to really... take your shirt off, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very, like... Um, it they're like horny in a way that feels just like supernatural. Yeah, I, I don't mean like, like supernatural, but like <laughs> it's very natural and like and good like, natured, right? And just sort of like un like yeah, there's no expectation. It's also like unapologetic, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's like an element of like especially like yeah, it's not like all like the women also are a diverse looking group mm-hmm. at least in maybe not entirely. But in many ways, like, there are, like, you know, some fatter, like, plumper people Mm -hmm. and who are also, like, horny and, like, you know, (laughs) and sort of not. And so I I think there's, like, a way in which, uh, but, yeah, again, it's not, like, there's just no, there's no male gaze there. There's Mm -hmm. no, like, it's just something that, like, is a part of who they are and the fabric of their lives. Yeah. um, That feels really natural. And so, yeah, so I I, I guess I want to be clear that, like, I don't think... It's like, ooh, these weird women who are sexual. <laughs> like, that's not what that movie is. Yeah. Or saying, right? Um, but yeah, so that's yeah. like one part of it, is the in-text stuff. And then right. just the out-of-text stuff I was like reading, or like Miyazaki was purposefully like, I want to show 
groups of people that like are not present in Japanese movies. Right. So like yeah. indigenous people and sex workers. <laughs> right. And like what is I think it's people. especially significant that it's like I mean this is I, I don't I don't want to make like an equivalence between like the western and and the samurai movie, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it is kind of like like the hero of a western being a native american person, mm-hmm. right? And I think we'll get in like again like we are both white people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and we're also not familiar with the like ethnic situation in Japan, mm-hmm. but I do think this something this movie does is intentionally complicates sort of a, a theory of like Japanese unity, yeah, like especially like ethnic unity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, this is this is all just to say I think like you were right, like it is somewhat incomplete, and right. like it kind of leaves a lot of assumptions up to the viewer, right. right, on like how to see these women, right, um, and sex, but like yeah, but I think there is more going. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I think that's part of it is like this is sort of like I think one of the things the Ike can be at least in the way we've structured it yeah. is basically just like introducing a question we don't have an answer to. And yeah, just be like I want to play, I want to say this question, and that anyway, that's all that was. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was a good conversation. But why don't you tell me about what you, uh, what your yike was, what you, what what tickled your pickle or whatever okay. expression I'm gonna use here. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Grace had some, you know, eloquent and lovely, you know, likes and yikes. And um, for me, (laughs) my yike in this movie is that there's, like, a scene where the wolves, like, are attacking the miners as they're coming back to town. And so they have all these oxen who are, like, pulling carts of rice. And the wolves kill a bunch of the oxen. Um, and it made me sad. (laughs) Yeah, there's actually a really really great beat. Um, So we didn't talk about this in the movie, but, but Ashitaka encounters... Um, San with the wolves uh-huh. and she's like cleaning like she's like spitting out the blood of the wolf like trying to clean the wound basically yeah. um, and they run, they go they start the confrontation and like San's just like go away right they don't like in, yeah. they don't like fight or anything and one of the wolves just like grabs one of the oxen corpses that's like in the yeah. river and just drags it off yeah it was um, just I love cows yeah so it's just upsetting died. yeah <laughs> so sad yeah. anyway that's my yike yeah um and my like, also, not very eloquent, uh, but there are these little uh, tree spirits that we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like spooky little alien friends. Uh, yeah, they're real. There's, it's like, it's like very much like, like oh, I mean, like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I don't think it's just like this. was like, oh, this is the merch. Like this is the, for the you know, this is like people buy Totoro. People also buy like these little forest creatures. But right? you know what? I bet the merch doesn't have probably not. So they're well defined beautiful butts yes <laughs> they're just like these naked they're like humanoid and tiny and green they have these very like alien kind of like off-putting heads mm-hmm. um that don't have like faces in like a human sense um, right but and then like but then like they just turn around they're like leading ashitaka through the forest and they all have nice little plump butts that i yeah. want to squish I want to squeeze them. I want to pinch them. They are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Love the butts. Yeah, the good butts. Yeah. Yeah, and also, also like, to be good, this is like a sexual thing. <laughs> like, yeah, near, just, it's like a baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? You know? Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, be, didn't mean to make it weird. <laughs> but, just to be clear. Um, so, yeah. There is so much to talk about this movie. Uh, and we got a whole bunch of notes that we can dive in here. Yeah. Um, I guess I did a little bit of research about yes, the history. Yes, I want to hear this because I don't know this and I bet so, our listeners don't. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about it. And there's also, I, I feel like with 
some of the stuff, there may be sort of some cultural touchstones that I'm missing. Um, so for well, that's that's that would be an issue. I would be interested in watching the dub um, because I know it said in the dub there are like some added voiceovers that like explain oh, right. some of like the Japanese yeah. culture stuff. Right. Well, because so the thing is, so the Amishi um, were among two of the major indigenous cultures, so cultures that existed before people came from the Asian mainland to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the things, and like. Um, the things that the this movie emphasizes is like there's sort of the there's this medicine this like shaman this woman who has like sort of fortune telling powers and is sort of the spiritual leader of the village. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not find anything about whether there were like matriarchal figures in Amishi culture. Mm-hmm. Um, it also talks about how like they ride elk, um, you know, yeah, and that they have like stone arrowheads which also I couldn't really, like, determine. They were also, like, they were written as, like, hairy people. was, like, that's, like, what the kanji is for, for them. Um, and, you know, there's some historical accounts, and, like, um, there was, like, a period where, yeah, like, people in Japan were, like, actively, you know, encroaching on and, like, destroying their land. The Amishi also, like, don't exist anymore as, like, a proper ethnic group. They mm-hmm. were either killed or sort of, like, you know, assimilated into... Um, Japanese that's sort of distinct from the the other indigenous group um which I thought I had some notes about the Anu Ainu which is A I N U which still has like a, a cultural presence in Japan and is mm-hmm. um trying to sort of gain more visibility and mm-hmm. like you know recognition cuz I mean part of it is like there's there's a you know imperial Japanese notion at least for I understand of like yeah Japanese sort of cultural and ethnic unity, mm-hmm. right? That is it challenged by the existence of these indigenous people mm-hmm. um, who, you know, were both, like, at odds with, but also mingled and were cr- helped create Japanese culture. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, anyway, I'm going to put some of the resources I found online in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So if you want to dig into a little bit more of this stuff and find out some more of the thing, the, the relevant stuff for Mononoke is that I couldn't find anything that, like, directly paralleled. Mm-hmm. And the sort of thing I'm wondering is if, like, the stone arrowheads, the riding elk, is sort of like like feathers in the head. You know, f- mm-hmm. wearing feathers and sort of this, like, stereotypical stuff we associate yeah. uh, with Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is sort of the thing is I don't... I think the way this movie situates Asitaka as an indigenous person who um, is sort of outside of the, like, you know... In, imperialist projects that are going on like in the world Mm -hmm. and like opposes himself to them in a in a way that like it's also really compassionate i think is really really compelling Mm -hmm. i don't know if the depiction of this indigenous culture Mm -hmm. is tasteful right Mm -hmm. i am sort of unable to like gauge that i don't i I think it the thing is i guess like i don't feel like it's not it's not as if this shaman woman is played for laughs or played in any way that's like disrespectful i just don't know if this actually resembles something mm-hmm. that was in this culture yeah um anyway maybe there's yeah like i you know i also this was like a google search like <laughs> yeah. you know like yesterday or a couple days ago when, mm-hmm. you know when we were making the show notes right and so i'm not like yeah i'm not this is not the opinion of a scholar who knows anything about this kind of thing yeah um uh anyway so that's that's kind of the the basic stuff so i, th- I think it's also important to note that like the Japanese history is, like, pretty abstract. It doesn't name an emperor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, the samurai lord has a name, but I don't think it's a real samurai lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Um, but, you know, so I, I think it is, like, it's, yeah, it's important to note that, like, this is a, this is still sort of an abstract depiction of these yeah. mm-hmm. cultures, right? And so I don't know, yeah, but I don't know if that's, like, 
you know, if this sort of, because it, it sort of mythicizes and like sort of, not ahistoricizes, but sort of sets up this like kind of mystical setting, mm-hmm. right? That is clearly fictionalized, but also grounded in sort of a real place and yeah. real concerns that were in place at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, there's sort of a, like, yeah, there's sort of a dreamlike quality to some of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, the other thing I guess I'll note is that so Princess Mononoke has like masks, sort of these like pottery masks, mm-hmm. um, and those are based on that of the Jomon period in Japanese history, which is basically like Japanese prehistory. So like mm-hmm. before there were, you know, what we would now call Japanese people in Japan, yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think that's also significant, right? That she's a person who sort of represents this, um, this almost like I mean, yeah, like I don't know if I want to exactly use this word this way, but like tribal or sort of culture that existed before like sort of medieval Japan existed, right? Mm -hmm. And that also sort of represents this existential threat to what medieval Japan is becoming, right? Mm -hmm. No, this is something, yeah, that I know very little about. Like, very interesting. And like, this is something, because I, like, you mentioned to me, like, before, you know, Mm -hmm. like, in the past, um, that, like, Ashitaka was indigenous, um, and stuff, and I was like, oh, like, this is what the movie's gonna be about. Um, it's not about and that, And it is yeah. very not, I think, like, it is super important, like, to his character, and, like, right. the things that he, the, like, the actions he takes, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's yeah. very in the background. Right, I think the way, yeah, and I think, I think the way I read this movie changes a lot, mm-hmm. um, because, the thing is, it's, it's interesting, I mean, coming back to, like, Western things because like this this movie is kind of like dances with wolves or avatar (laughs) like in sort of the broad structure of the plot it's like an outsider comes in and attempts to like resolve conflict between like two opposing sides one of which is like more connected to nature and the other of which is you know hostile and like exploitative Mm -hmm. right um but like ashitaka being indigenous changes that entire dynamic yeah. in a huge way, I think. Um, and yeah, there's also <laughs> lots of other things in this movie that sort of do that, right? Yeah. But I think that's important to note. Yeah. Um, yeah, James Cameron explicitly said this was, you know, an inspiration for Avatar. Man, you know, I just, okay, that sucks. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, like, there are things I like about Avatar, and I think, like, I think James Cameron's, like, a good filmmaker, even though I think a lot of his sensibilities, I, I kind of grate me. Mm-hmm. Um, his movies are too long. They're too long. Too long. They're too long. And like every action, every like end action sequence, it's like, okay, I get, I know what's happening in the movie. <laughs> like I know, you know, I know what's going to happen. You're just taking like 20 minutes longer than you need you to get there. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But like, it's also just Avatar is really like, is like this, but doesn't understand so much of the interesting dynamics that go into it, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess in some ways, maybe there is there is maybe something uh, a little bit more true about there being like just the the sort of U.S. Marines that are really bad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that are just not good. Yeah. Um, well, take your word for it. I don't think I've seen a single James Cameron movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I hear Terminator is real good. Those are movies I've not seen. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should do some, like, classic sci-fi sometime uh, for the show or, yeah. or just watch them. Because I, I want to see Terminator 1 and 2, and I want you haven't seen Alien either, no. right? And that's, Alien's great, uh, which is not James Cameron. Aliens is James Cameron, and it's much worse. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are people out there. Let me just say this one thing. There are people out there who <laughs> like Aliens better than Alien. Mm-hmm. I do not trust them. Mm. They're probably, like, I'm not saying there's reason to not trust them. <laughs> But I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't understand how you can be a human being and think that. 
Yeah. It is entirely perplexing to me. Yeah, you know, uh, as you said, not to judge people based right. on their media. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. I would never. Listen, listen. There are many things that I would do. I would never do that. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so if you know yeah. anything about um, indigenous Japanese people, <laughs> you could send us a Yeah, let us know. Yeah, and also, yeah, I don't, you know, you're wrong, but I don't, I don't hate you for liking aliens more than alien. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with that. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, uh, man. So much stuff. There's so about. much stuff. Like, this is a, this is not a silence of, like, what are we going to talk about? It's a silence of, like, which of, which of the these, dozen like, dozen things. Yeah. Um, something that we don't have in the notes, and, like, we don't really have to go into, but just a thing that I like, and, like, when I watch this a second time, um, because I'm sure I will, um something i want to look for more is just like the theme throughout about like just like trying to live like the best life you can right yeah um Mm -hmm. because like it like pops up in so many places but like the most explicit place um like ashitaka's like i've been cursed um when he's talking to jigo and jigo's like we've all been cursed um but then it's like but yeah like you go to iron town and like you see all these people who like have been cursed with like rough lives but right. like they like they're yeah. making it work and like you know san has to figure out like well, what life looks like you know for herself and like i mean yeah well i think um i mean jigo i think jigo's an interesting figure for this um because oh, okay there's a lot that we get into here um but, we can but, talk about jigo yeah we can talk about jigo i i just like like he's sort of the character that is present in the movie because i think the emperor is like the actual bad guy. Yeah, which I think is so smart. Right, like he's the the emperor is the only the only figure in the movie that I think is just does evil things exclusively. Yeah, and like also I think it's significant to me that like he's distant and representative of sort of this imperial power that just exists yeah. that is not around. Right, yeah. and that I think is really important. Right, Jigo is the character that is the, in the movie who is the most villainous. I mm-hmm. think. Um, but this first scene with him and Ashitaka is this moment of, like, very sort of human connection, right? Mm-hmm. And they, like, share a meal together, and there's sort of this... Um, and even Zujigo kind of says, like, he's like, we've all been cursed, and, like, they're in this sort of... Uh, like, they're just right next to this, like, big old hill. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that, like, there was a landslide there. And he's like, yeah, there used to be this really lovely village here. And, like, this landslide happened, and now it's gone. Right? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, some grave markers or and stuff, but, like, you know... Like, we've all been cursed, and you just, like, you just keep going. You just keep living. And the thing is, like, the way that sort of translates for him is, like, oh, it's cool to kill God. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, fine. Right, like, we're all dead anyway. Yeah, because I'm just Like, I might as well just get mine, right? And I think that that's a a point of view that the movie is, like, pretty pointedly against, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also, like, I still think that, you go like articulate something important that I think echoes to the rest of the movie mm-hmm. is that there is yeah there is still like you continue to live even though you suffer right yeah and it's like something because that's like the whole thing gosh there's so many things in this movie yeah like the whole thing with the demons is so the the gods don't turn into demons like because they were shot or because they're like all bloodied up right right like it is their, like, anger and hate, like, you know, become, like, overwhelming them and, like, becoming, like, too powerful, like, taking control over their spirit. Right. And so, like, that often happens um, when they're, like, they've been attacked, right, and they turn the anger towards the humans. But Moro is, like, 
very explicit about this multiple times. She's like, no, yeah. like, you have a choice. Right. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, what... she, and she, like, wants to kill the humans, right? But, like, right. she also is, like, when she gets shot, she's like, I'm not gonna, like, let my anger like you know i'm like choosing how to live my life and like i want to be like i am in control of myself right and And she like knows that she's dying but like kind of like chooses to live in a very deliberate way yeah up until that point mm -hmm, right like saving her strength you know for one reason but then deciding to like save san instead and you know like even though everything is terrible um, (laughs) (laughs) um it's like like individuals still have like some like choice and like their like own actions and attitudes and like can often find joy right yeah well i think there's a moment that kind of echoes this when um the forest spirit shows up and you know um you know gives up i mean doesn't give up the ghost but makes other people give up the ghost yes. makes akoto and moro give up the ghost um as soon as akoto like sees the forest spirit mm-hmm. which is also weird because like I mean, I guess I didn't think about this, but he's blind, right? He can't see, but he, like, feels the presence or has, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of, like, sensory or or spiritual recognition that, like, this is what's happening. His eyes go wide and the, like, like, they don't go away exactly, but they sort of slack into, like, this black tar. The demon tentacles. The demon tentacles, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I don't know. So I wrote down, I think, in my notes, I wrote... In the face of judgment, hatred disappears, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of this moment of, like, like, oh, no, what have I done? It's, like, this is, like, very, you know... And the thing is, like, there's a... I don't think it's, like, this... Like, the the forest spirit doesn't come off as, like, this really personal. Like, it's very distant and sort of very, like... And it's sort of morally, like... At one point, the boards are, like, why didn't... You know, why didn't the forest spirit save Nago? Yeah. Right? And there isn't an answer to that. Yeah, and why why did it save this human? Right. Ashitaka. (laughs) Right, who's, like... All right, but, like, also, yeah, like, the forest spirit does not, like... The Force Spirit could kill Lady Hiboshi and doesn't. Yeah. Right? And, like, there's sort of this, like, why doesn't... Why doesn't this happen? And, like, why like why is it when the head is severed that, like, all this stuff goes off, right? Mm-hmm. Is, like, there's no, there's no, like, clear... Like, there might be a reason for it, but we don't know what it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's just a moment that's just a beat that sort of reflects what you're talking about where... Mm-hmm. Like, Akoto could have chosen something else, right? Yeah, and And, like, that. realizes that in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the thing is, I don't think the movie, like, condemns him. Like, it's it's just, like, yeah, there's just this, like... It's sad. It's just sad. Yeah, it's just tragic, but there's no... Yeah. I don't know if there's any other, like... There's not a moral. Yeah, right? no, I think it's important and, like, good that, like, both... Like, you see Moro and Akoto, like, they're, like, given the same... They're, like, dealt the same situation. They react to it differently, and they both die at the same time. Right, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that just supports One even, that. And then, like, more like, also overcomes death very briefly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Okay, I feel like we've got more stuff with this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this is kind of relevant, though. So one of the questions we have in our notes is, like, where does the hate come from? Yeah. Because I think that's one of the things sort of in the movie is like, yeah, like, why does violence happen? How does it spread? Mm-hmm. How do we get caught in sort of these patterns of, of destructive behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because both, like, I mean, the thing is, it's like not, like, the forest, you know, 
like humans need the forest, right? Yeah. Like this is like, like in order to like do the thing that they are doing, they need the forest, right? But because mm-hmm. of how they're going about it and because of how like these relationships are positioned, they come into conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and there's not like an immediate way out of that conflict, yeah. right? Um, yeah. No, it's like, I think it's like rough, yeah, because I like, I think like the humans, Again, like, I think, like, ultimately, like, the the hatred that turns, like, into the demonic possession, like, does not, it is, like, not the fault of the humans. Right, But, like, yeah. that human interaction is necessary. Like, I feel like, like, there are yeah. no demons pre-humans. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Like, when the forest gods just exist. Right, right, yeah. Like, and stuff, and, like, a lot, like, you know, humans gonna be humans. <laughs> like, right. they gotta exist. And, like, for, like, most of them, like, you know. Like, they're just living their right, lives. Like, they're yeah. not actively, like, killing the forest. Right. Um, am I talking about us today? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I mean, I think that, that's like, pretty intentional, I think, that yeah. this movie... I think um, that's part of how the, the mysticism feels, is that it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so easily applied to yeah. now, right? Um, and so, I mean, to, you know, also 22 years ago when this movie came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it just, like, makes me think that, yeah, like, when animals, like, kill each other... In nature, like, it's not out of hatred. <laughs> like, right, yeah. They're just, like, living. It's, like, that, like, not immoral, but amoral, like, neutrality. Right. Of, like, the forest spirit. Right. Like, well, there's, um, I mean, there's, so there's a beat when, um, when Ashitaka is, like, knocked out and mm-hmm. San's, like, deciding to take him to the forest spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of her wolf brothers is, like, can we eat you cool? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and San's, like, no. But the thing is, it's not, like... This is not a beat where the wolf's like, oh, what a bad, evil wolf. Yeah. You know, it's just like, like he's, just, he's a wolf. That cow didn't fill me up. <laughs> right, I got, like, it, there's like, no, like, yeah, so I think there is, you're right that there's this very clear sort of distinction drawn mm-hmm. between, like, oh, like, people killing to eat and, like, animals yeah. killing in a way that, it's like, is predicated on their survival, mm-hmm. right, and this hatred, you know, that those are, like, yeah, just really yeah. distinct But yeah, but, but, like, yeah, but I think... But yeah, but I think the hatred does, if not originate from the humans, like it cannot exist without the humans. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think this is something that I think a, a critique that's been levied at this movie that I don't think is entirely unfair, but I do feel like sort of misses the point mm-hmm. is that it doesn't have an answer to any of these. Like, it, <laughs> do, it sort of sets up this very complicated moral scenario. Yeah. That, like, something that we find ourselves in in a real way, mm-hmm. right? That's like, oh, we, you know, in order, our way of life is predicated on the destruction of nature. Yeah. Right? And, you know, Ashitaka, like, gestures towards a way out of that, but he doesn't really have a plan outside of, hey, you should not kill the fort. Like, there's so, there's so yeah. many immediate problems mm-hmm. that there's no, like, institutional like what is the what is the institution that this world yeah. look like mm-hmm. right because he's like he's just gonna he's gonna go back and rebuild iron town and like presumably like they're gonna build it different right right but like well i think it's yeah but yeah like that's all they can do is just like right there's no, and i think live. It's, that's <laughs> the thing is like yeah that like i mean the ashitaka says like the forest spirit wants us to live yeah. right and I think that's important, but I also think, yeah, like, I think it's it's important to me that the movie leaves off, mm-hmm. like, it's a hopeful note, and I don't think it's an unearned one, I think that's something we can talk about a bit later, um, but it is also an ambiguous one, that you don't know, like, what is this relationship going to look like in the future yeah. is entirely unknown, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, like, you know, it, and I think this is one of the things, I, I think some people, we talked about this in the Nazca episode, 
some people read Nausicaa as sort of a first draft of this, which I think is exceedingly unfair towards that movie for innumerable reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I think the movie is distinct is like Nausicaa sort of has this like message that's like, hey, like even if humans die out, like there will be a better world, mm-hmm. right? There is a there's a, the healing of the world is taking place right now, like below our feet. And we just have to wait, mm-hmm. and it's up to us whether we will see that happen or not. Yeah. Um, and Princess Mononoke, I don't think is like, it's not necessarily not true, <laughs> but it is not explicitly true. <laughs> and it's much more like, it's much more like, yeah, maybe there is like, maybe this is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think like, I don't think that's what the movie is saying in some ways, but I do think it leaves that possibility open yeah. in a way that is like kind of bleak, right? Mm-hmm. And so I could see how people read this movie as like a really bleak disturbing movie i do not think that's what the, what it is yeah um, but i think there's an element that it leaves that possibility open that like maybe there is not a way out of this given mm-hmm. what we have right <laughs> it just i just now i was like it's it's like the end of candide in a way. it is like the end of candide uh, yeah <laughs> and i so, think like yeah yeah i don't know a ton about candide and i feel like the end that ending it's like like can be read multiple ways, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But like people are like pretty sure, you know. It's like it's either this or this. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel this I feels get, more ambiguous. Yeah, but. this is feel more ambiguous. So uh, to to set up what I, know, what I was I'm talking about. Um, so candy, candy is a novel from the 18th century. I want to say a French novel. Yes. Um, and it's uh, basically it's this whirlwind adventure where the main character Candide. Um, I mean, it's very complicated and convoluted intentionally, but he goes on all these adventures all across the world. And basically, like, his professor is, like, this optimist. He's like, oh, like, everything in the world is, like, set up for a purpose. And, like, the things, the way things are in the world is exactly how they should be. And basically, the whole book is like, no, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Things in the world are bad, often out of, like, arbitrary, like, things of the natural world, but also because people are cruel mm-hmm. and do violent things for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so at the end of it, Candide, like, settles down on a farm yeah. with his wife <laughs> and just, like like, decides to, like, let his garden grow is, like, sort of the phrase that the, the opera uses, mm-hmm. um, the Leonard Bernstein opera, uh, which is it's a great piece, and I think, you, you know, if you're curious about it, you should just go listen to it, um, and listen to that piece in specific, which is Let My Garden Grow. Um, but I think it has this actually, like, very sort of hopeful and redemptive message that's like, mm-hmm. hey, like, I cannot fix the world, mm-hmm. but I am an individual in the world, mm-hmm. and I can make something pure and good, Yeah. right? Um, I can, you know, grow and make something. Yeah, right? and it's like, I can work. Right. right. Like, that, that, it's yeah. like, I have to work, but I can do it. Right, and like, yeah. And I think I think it's a, it's a kind of, and I think particularly in the sort of age of, like, it feels very apocalyptic, um, which is maybe not unique to this period, but I do feel like, um, you know, the, the, there's a sort of scientific element to it in a way that maybe it wasn't before. Um, I don't know, that's maybe a little, yeah, because, like, people are always thinking that Jesus was going to come Mm-hmm. next hundred years or whatever like there's always I think in, at least sort of you know the Christian canon there's always mm-hmm. sort of a sense of the apocalypse like yeah. looming um, but um, but I think it's an idea that's very appealing to me that like that, yeah good deeds have sort of this intrinsic beauty and worth mm-hmm. even if there is no way out like even if there's not like an end point where suffering no longer happens right yeah. or intentional suffering no longer happens mm-hmm. um, and so I think I don't know this is not I don't think that's what that movie is about but I do think you're right that it that possibility is there and mm-hmm. there is an emphasis on sort of the honest joy of labor mm-hmm. um, that's communicated especially through Iron Town uh, but also in like there's a scene where so when when San Ashitaka are outside the city gates and Sounds like, what am I going to do with Ashitaka? Like, what should I do? Yeah. Um, these apes show up. 
I love them so much. Yeah, and they're, they're like these creepy, and they got the glowing red eyes and stuff. They're, they're just like so shadows. Um, and anyway, uh, they say like, "Can we eat? We should eat him because then we gain his strength and stuff." But one of the things they say in it is that like, "Hey, we keep planting these seeds, mm-hmm. you know, over like the ruined forest that the humans have cut down." Yeah, and, and like every morning, you know, we do it, plant them every night. And every morning, like, right. they, you know, chop they down the chop them away or, like, or they, like, you know, attack them while they're trying to plant the seeds in the nighttime and mm-hmm. stuff. And so he's like, what is, you know, they're like, what is the point? Like, what are we doing this for? Mm-hmm. And San is like, You're, this is really important, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, the Force Spirit is with you and stuff. And, like, the thing is, yeah, in sort of this way, like, yeah, they don't actually know if the Force Spirit is with them. Yeah. Right? But this belief that, like, doing this thing that is good is mm-hmm. good is like a valuable one to have right mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know i don't think that's like a thesis of this movie but i think it's an interesting thread that you're pulling on no here. i literally like thought of it in the moment <laughs> yeah this is not in our notes at all yeah um, so because i think and i think that's part of the thing is that and i think this is also something the movie does a good job of articulating is that like um something i've been thinking about a lot uh, I think it's something we talked about in previous episodes is that like how so much of the suffering of the world is not inevitable, mm-hmm. right? Is the result of people making choices and people doing things. Um, I think this is like, you know, um, there's all stuff going on in Chile right now, mm-hmm. in Chile. Um, that's, you know, it's like uh, people like rising up and trying to like make things right, but also being like violently pushed down uh, because of it. I don't, you know, I'm not know the full details there, but I know enough to, I think that's like what is happening. (laughs) Um, and, um, uh, um, but that like, you know, that that kind of suffering, like the suffering of oppression and like these things is like something that happens that people do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also suffering in the world that just like is right. Like someone, like there may be ways in which like certain things, maybe like, you know, a company might release a product that like, they know might cause cancer, but like just keep releasing it anyway or whatever. Right. But generally things like that are like just things that happen in the world. Like Mm -hmm. you, you break your leg or you get sick or like you, you know, people die and that's just like what happens. Right. Um, and there's a difference between like that and the sort of intentional like suffering. And that's also, I think that's maybe like what the demon thing is too. Right. Is like, that is suffering that was like both created, both like caused by and created by this like, you know, this thing that did not have to happen, right? Yeah. That people mm-hmm. are making choices to, to lead to. Yeah. Right? Like, on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think, like, Prince of Monarchy is not, like, it's not a movie about utopia. Uh, <laughs> although I think you could, I mean, I'm sure you could do reads using that theory in an interesting way, but, like, it is a movie about struggling with the realization, like, this sort of being things. But I think it also just long for, like, Ashidaka's dream mm-hmm. is a world where humans and, and nature can live peacefully yeah right and it's something that i think he experienced some way in the in his village right that he has this you know but it's also that is a way that is dying out with him (laughs) right do we want to talk about just like we we touched on this a little bit but maybe we can talk a little bit about nausicaa yeah in relation to this movie yeah so yeah i just i have some thoughts because you know i was just like actively thinking about this um so, something, because we talked about um, how in Nausicaa, like, the ohm and the, all the insects and stuff are so, like, alien. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. freaky looking, and they've got, like, thousands of eyes, you know? Yeah, and right. just, like, they're just, like, not, like, they don't look like people. 
Right. right. Like, yeah, they know, don't look like animals that we know. Yeah, they don't even. Yeah, they don't even because like you know we like we like dogs because they have faces. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that we can like recognize. Well, it's like yeah, some of these um, are like oh they're kind of like flies, but they don't even look like flies. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? Right, like they're just so foreign, um, and stuff. But like, but um, but like to me, like the forest gods, near even though they're like these more recognizable like animals to us like they are just they're boars and like you know yeah. wolves except for the forest spirit which is like a bunch of different which is like a animal deer parts with a human face and, and like, like bird talons yeah and right all this stuff also the night walkers like completely different thing you yeah. know um so. so apart from that um they're recognizable animals but like they are inhuman <laughs> um right. like in their depictions um like the point that just hit it home the most was like we see the the boars and they're like all they're preparing to charge on the humans right. and stuff and they're all like covered in this war paint and i was like oh like how did they do that like you know they have like little hooves you know <laughs> like they put the paint on their face right, or like right, each right. other and then like it it like like, you know, as the scene goes on, it, like, shows some of the boars, like, painting each other, but they're, like, sticking their snouts, like... They, like, just white mud and, yeah, like, yeah. and, like, and painting each other with their noses, and I was like, that is not a person thing, like, <laughs> that is, like, I right. can't imagine. Yeah. Um, and just, like, thinking, like, you know, even though the bugs in Nausicaa are, like, so foreign, like... Especially Nausicaa's interactions with them. It's like, there's a cute baby ohm, and, like, you know, right. that she loves. And, like, you know, or they, like, you yeah, know, when she's more... injured, they, like, come together, like, right. in a group and help her, you know. it's Right. Like... There's this more immediate, like, human way of relating to each other. Yeah. Because, like, even the ohm are mad because of, like, this one ohm has been hurt, right? Yeah. Like, this baby right. ohm mm -hmm. has been hurt, right? In a way that, like, the suffering of the animals in Mononoke is, like, a lot more abstract and, like, yeah. ecological mm -hmm. um, in a broad sense, right? Yeah. Um, and that stuff is going on, like, to be, that stuff's going on in Nausicaa, yeah, but I think mm -hmm. you're hitting in a... But, yeah, place. I just thought it was, like, interesting, uh, um, like an interesting comparison, um, right? And I don't really know like what that says, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I think it it, it does because we talked about like yeah. I think it it just slightly changes the way right in which we like think about how do we interact with nature? Yeah. Right. Like, is it something where we like can come together? You know, and right. like um, you know, or is yeah. it just like. Like we need to find ways to both exist at the same time, right? And I think I think I feel like the dynamic of both because I guess there's like in Nausicaa, there's this very clear articulation. There is a day when this can happen, mm -hmm. and we just have to choose to live to see it, mm -hmm. right? Um, and Mononoke, that's kind of like maybe maybe hinted at, <laughs> right? But not really shown um, in in a, in, a, in a real way. But I do think, yeah, like um, I do think both of those things do serve to like make the animals like more alien right mm -hmm. or more sort of like not human right mm -hmm. um like I, th I think i mean someone uh anyway just when i i wrote a paper up with someone okay as we talked about mm -hmm. and i to quote this critic critic um i'll just put it in the show notes i will make a note of that um but he talked about how like you know american animation tends to anthropomorphize animals like even yeah. some like bambi 
mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it's all animals, and they don't like it's not like it's not like Robin Hood, where like animal people, like they are animals, <laughs> right? It's still this very like like make sort of things softer and like have this, you know, yeah, um, and like the animals in this are like really animal like, right? And there's even moments where like humans it's it's not exactly clear because they can talk but sometimes it feels like they don't talk to humans like there's a whole sequence when ashitaka is like with the wolf brothers uh-huh. and they never speak to him directly oh yeah right and that's it's like is that, is that because they're uncomfortable or because they like maybe they're not as good at like making humans understand them because they do mm-hmm. talk to san yeah. Like, they talk to San like, nobody's business, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't talk to him, and I feel like that, you know, there's, like, the thing is that I feel like there's these really clear divisions being made. Yeah. That are set up in kind of this existential way in Nausicaa, mm-hmm. um, in this, like, wow, like, the fort, like, the, you know, the toxic jungle. Yeah. It's toxic. It'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's much more like these interpersonal, like, kind of barriers. Yeah. That feel mm-hmm. a lot more subtle and, like, more... Um, not elemental is not the word, but just like it gets into this like, okay, what is like an interaction between like an animal and a human really look like? And how does that like play out most of the time in real life? Yeah. Most of the time it's like this, mm-hmm. like very sort of like wordless, you know, attempt to communicate that like maybe doesn't work entirely, right? There's a distance yeah. there that cannot be bridged. Well, now, now I'm just thinking of um, like the difference between Yakul and Tato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I feel like Tato is just like cute. Um, they're both very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love them both. But like Tato is like, I am an animal and you saved me and like you're big and I'm small, so I'm gonna hang out with you. Right, yeah. Um and stuff, but like Yakul is like in this active, like working relationship. Um right, that like yeah. San sees as oppressive. Um, right, to, to Yakul, to be yeah, clear. To yeah, to Yakul. Yeah. Um, and stuff, and, like, she, when, like, she's brought Ashitaka to the pool, and, like, you know, he's, like, healing, but, like, you know, he's out, and stuff, she, like, takes off Yakul's, like, reins, and mm-hmm. is, like, go, like, now you can be free, and, like, Yakul stays with Right, Ashitaka, yeah. And she's kind of, like, like, yeah. surprised. It's, like, very, right. it's, it's, like, not explicit, but, Right, like, it's subtle. It's, um, um, it's different. And so I'm just like, when are, like, you know, cause yeah, it's like, what is the diff? Like, I don't know. It just makes me think of the difference of like, oh, like, you know, animals are like, like cute and they just like love us because like they're supposed to Well, versus like, that's what I think. Like, like, that's what I feel like with Tato. Right. Like, no, no, I understand that. Yeah. But like, there is this beat in Nausicaa where Tato mm-hmm bites her yeah. and she like you know lets him, lets him mm-hmm. and there's like this moment where like oh he could become hostile like he's an animal mm-hmm. and then like things sort of quiet down and he becomes like you know there is yeah. this like like yeah like I, I think it's not like I, I agree that the relationship between Yaku and Ashitaka is like a little more robust but the hints of that are still there mm-hmm. right? yeah I guess I'm not wording it right <laughs> that <laughs> I like it just feels like simple um Tato like, and Nausicaa t- yeah, yeah. Um, and whereas, like, yeah, like, what does it mean to be, like, right. a domesticated I, work animal? Right. <laughs> like, well, I, th- I think know? that's one of the, maybe the things is that, um, that, like, Nausicaa, like, that, in some ways, that moment is the movie in Microcosm, mm-hmm. where, like, Nausicaa, like, through this, like, incredibly powerful passiveness, mm-hmm. like, sort of creates peace where there was conflict, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and I think the movie, like, and I think that image is, like, really compelling and, like, echoes through the movie in, in a big way, right? This mm-hmm. is not a criticism of Nausicaa, which I think is yeah. great, right? But the movie, but Mononoke draws attention to that human-animal relationship mm-hmm. in a way that Nausicaa doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have San and the wolves who are, like, completely unattached to humans mm-hmm. and, like, in fact, like, voice, <laughs> like, being like, I don't want to be with humans, yeah. right? I do not want to be this, mm-hmm. right? And then Yakul, like, represents, uh, like, you know, a conflict that is like, hey, like, I do want to be with humans. <laughs> like, yeah. I am an animal. And, like, and the thing is, Yakul is not, like, like, it, obviously, like, you know, again, there's no, it doesn't speak to anyone, right? Yeah. Except off camera speaks to San. San talks about talking with Yakul. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but, like, you don't, you don't, like, you don't really know, like, oh, is he, like, you know, is he down with the fort? Is he, like, more with Irontown? Like, there's not that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? But there is this, like... Well, like, Yakul they... is just as much an animal as any other animal in the film, but yeah. also has this connection with a human being that's, like, mm-hmm. rich and empowering yeah. for both of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, to San, that's, like, completely alien. Yeah, because, right? like, the gods just, like, talk about, like, the animals, like, becoming dumb, right? They're right, like, if the yeah. humans come in, like, if we keep allowing them, then, like, we're all gonna lose, like, our ability to speak, you know? Right. Like, and our power. Yeah. Well, I think this is, this is, like, one of the ways, like, Yakul is a subtle challenge to that idea. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think, like, to, I don't think the movie's like, this is the ideal human-animal relationship, right? <laughs> this is the only, like, kind of relationship that can exist, but it is, like, yeah, it's, it's just there. Yeah. And also, like, yeah, so I, th- I think the difference between Nausicaa and Mononoke in this way is that Mononoke is drawing thematic attention to that difference mm-hmm. in a way that Nausicaa doesn't, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that, yeah. Anyway, hopefully that, I'm helping you articulate something there. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing. Oh, yeah, the other thing. So we did some compare. Yeah. Uh, no, we did some contrast, and now we're going to do some compare. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, gotcha. I taught a reading class. Um, yeah. One thing that I think is good and important and present in both of these movies Yeah. Um, is, like, the land as an abstract concept yeah, yeah, absolutely. is, like, not out to punish humans. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in both movies, like, you know, the humans done messed up. Right, um, and there and, like, are animals who punish, them. try to punish humans. Right? Yep, and like yeah, in in like yeah, in both of those movies, right? Like like the oh, you know, the Ohm will like attack people, right? You know, right. when they're like being threatened or like you know one of their own is hurt or whatever. And like in Mononoke, like the animals are like, we're gonna straight up kill the humans. <laughs> like yeah, mm-hmm. you know they deserve to die. Um, but like Nausicaa, it's like it's like the earth that is like purifying itself right and like creating this toxic jungle in order to protect itself like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like i'm gonna be toxic because like you know to get back yeah it's like no like that's just how it works and it's like just doing this own thing and it does not care right right? Mm -hmm. like it is not conscious even yeah like you know like the soil in mononoke like the forest spirit like we talked about how it's like ambivalent seeming and stuff and like when like its head gets shot off and like it turns into the black goo and stuff and it's it's not like oh like you did this bad thing so now i'm gonna kill you all right (laughs) right like it's just like that's all it can do (laughs) right yeah it's just very like natural consequence it's like it's just like i'm looking for my head (laughs) you know and like (laughs) where is my head (laughs) and like you know and and not even saying like oops i'm killing people like it doesn't 
notice. It doesn't care. Yeah. Right? And stuff. And so I think it's just, like, important to realize, like, at, like, you know, when, like, as, like, the climate changes, you know, or, like, natural disasters happen and, and you know, increase often. Yeah. Like, due to, you know, manipulation of the environment or whatever. Like, it's not, like, I think people often, like, want to frame it right like because we're like emotional it's like oh like the planet is like destroying people right like all these people are gonna lose their homes and it's right, like yeah like we did this and you know it's like this is a punishment but like a it often punishes pe- like it punishes the people who are the most vulnerable right, and least yeah. likely you know <laughs> to have, act- to have actively actually contributed yeah. yeah and like b like it doesn't care. Like, yeah, know, right. It doesn't know. Um, and, so, and so I right. think that's just, like, an important thing to remember. Or I think, um, I mean, I think part of it with, I think this would be just really interesting about the forest spirit being, like, a, a creature. Mm-hmm. You know, a thing that you can be, I mean, like, until the end of the movie, right? Um, is that there is, like, maybe the forest spirit has a thing going mm-hmm. on. You don't know what it is. Yeah. You know? And it's not, and the thing is, it's not like a, it's not like a Lovecraft thing where it's like, oh, like, the spirit of the evil has possessed black people and it's gonna murder us all <laughs> right it's like it's very just like we don't know like it's not hateful and it's not necessarily like unloving right because yeah. there's there's moments of sort of like like um the the forest spirit like smiles at um at ashitaka at a couple of points and mm-hmm. smiles at uh, lady hiboshi after she shoots it like the first time yeah. before she completely severs its head mm-hmm. um and that like that mo- there is like there is like a connect there's something happening there yeah but you don't really know what it is exactly yeah. right mm-hmm. and like that and i feel like that um that sort of gives this sense of like there is this yeah there's something happening there maybe is a system a, a mm-hmm. sort of life a, a beauty that's existing these things but it's not like able to be sort of articulated and it's certainly not like malicious or mm-hmm. sort of like you know actively sort of like weighing the scales of moral judgment yeah. right um mm-hmm. but, uh, but... Yeah, both of these movies just make me think, like, we should be hesitant to create, like, an emotional story where there isn't one. Right, right? Like, yeah. We sh- like, we shouldn't care about, like, the planet because, like, like we heard it and, like, now it's sad right and angry yeah. you know and stuff right. and like we need to make it feel better it's like <laughs> we should just do it right because well, I think that's it's the, the thing. right thing yeah well i think i think that's something that also this movie i mean gets into in mm-hmm. big ways that like these things are like valuable and important and like worth protecting and saving mm-hmm. even if they don't have like value for us yeah. right because that's the, that's the thing is like i think lady hobo she's whole like she's a garden mm-hmm. right her whole relationship with nature is this very utilitarian like as long as I can get this thing out of it, as long as it can provide something for me, that is its value. Yeah. Right? And so the force spirit has value for me because I can protect my own with it. Right? Yeah. And sort of, um, and that's not, like, right. And I also think that, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sort of the, the flip side of it, because I don't, the thing is, I think the movie is very much like the animals don't really have a, a choice. Mm-hmm. They're sort of, like, doing what they what they know how to do and yeah. don't have like another means. I think it, the burden of peace is very much placed on the human actors in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I have like another uh, like opposite way at sort of doing something with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there is this like both the, the humans and the animals set up this like 
dichotomy that maybe doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That they're both yeah. kind of... And that's sort of the thing is, like, once, you know, once the... Basically, like, the big climate change metaphor <laughs> happens at the end of the movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. death is just coming, right? It is indiscriminate. Yeah. Right? It is It is not... Like, it, it kills everybody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, forest spirits, you know, cute little forest spirits. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. All and, the tree spirits. Yeah. And wolves and humans <sighs> and ev- everything is dying, mm-hmm. right? And so... I think that's, I mean, it's one of the things I think that there's a sense in which, like, we are in this together. We are mm-hmm. part of the same thing, yeah. right? And that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe we can go into this a little bit. I think there's more stuff I want to talk about. Cause just because just we're talking about Danny right now. And yeah. we're an hour and 20 minutes into this episode. <laughs> uh, let's just get into this a little bit. So I think, um, I something, something I wrote in the notes, um, and I guess I want to hear your take on because I have a take on this. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, is the heading hopeful or despairing? Do you think it's cheap that sort of things sort of resolve in this in this way? Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you have any thoughts about that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, like, I think my thoughts are, like, what we talked about earlier. Like, it's ambiguous. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And, like, so much. It, like, the whole problem, <laughs> it feels like, this is very simplified. But it's, like, the yeah. problem relies on human choices. Right. Which, like can widely vary yeah Mm -hmm. and like naturalist like you know like the systems of nature which like we often don't understand right yeah and stuff and so like yeah it's just like really ambiguous like things could work out and they like could go totally wrong and they could go like somewhere anywhere in the middle like right those two yeah Mm -hmm. right well the thing is i and yeah i think what I don't know, this, like, for me, it's not, like, about the ending. Like, I think the whole through line of the, like, how do we live? How yeah. do we choose to live, like, our life? Right. With all the stuff going on. Like, for me, that's, like, what feels hopeful. Yeah. Um, and stuff. And it's, like, the ending's, like, who knows? <laughs> right. So, I, I think there's, a, I think, yeah, I think you're, like, absolutely right. And I do think the ending leads itself to be open to be read. Um, I recently read a piece by... Uh, yeah, and I'll link in the description. I'll make another note of that too. Uh, by by Cole Henry, um, you know, who's like a cool like film and games guy on Twitter, um, and he he wrote about nature documentaries um, and just talking about how like the act of like preserving something mm-hmm. that might no longer exist in mm-hmm. the future is like really important, mm-hmm. and that like seeing these sort of natural things that like maybe no longer like in a you know fifty hundred years will like be gone, right? That that's like really important, and that. I mean, he was sort of, like, saying, like, I'm not super optimistic about humans, humankind's chances, like, in, and, like, nature's chances, like, in the, in the climate crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that this is not an important work, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, like, pushing back against that exactly, but I, I guess, and maybe this is just, like, the religious person in me. The, like, you know, <laughs> that, like, that I have not, you know, have never successfully shaken, <laughs> right? But I guess I believe that, like, the earth and, and people can heal in radical ways Mm -hmm. that we do not fully understand yeah and i think that like that is kind of what happens at the end of this movie and there is like a point of like we what we do with that Mm -hmm. we choose we have to choose something right and make something but like um there's a really compelling thing yeah another thing i'll maybe link in the description there's a really interesting thread um from this native person talking about how like you know i'm not as nervous for the apocalypse as all these white people (laughs) because (laughs) I've already lived through it. My people have already lived through this. Yeah. Right? 
and so I think there's um there's an element here just like of um like life continues on in a way that we cannot understand, right? Yeah. And to me, like yeah, like I think I I understand why someone could be like, oh, this is kind of cheap, mm-hmm. right? Like it, things sort of work out, right? But I don't really think it is yeah. right and i think it I mean, there's this ambiguity but i think also there's this like mystery yeah you know mm-hmm. that like ends up being like how do you respond to and, and deal with that is like a, a really profound important question i think the movie like leaves us with mm-hmm. right um i don't mean i don't mean to say like this is not like the the like ubisoft video game thing where it's like oh we're just you know presenting a bunch of issues <laughs> yeah i think this movie like has a perspective and it is that we should not kill the planet, you know? <laughs> and that, like, there are active things we can do to, like, make things better and promote, like, peaceful actions between the environment and, and humankind, right? I do think that is what this movie is saying, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that Ashitaka is naive, but also a heroic figure, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, that Mononoke, like, San represents this thing, too. Like, she is both human and animal, mm-hmm. and even though, like, she's really uncomfortable with sort of this human side of her, that is a part of her and a part of who she is, and she does represent... Like, again, she is also a threat to... An existential threat, as well as a real threat, to <laughs> to Lady Kiboshi's way of seeing the world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That, like, nature's only useful, it can be used, and San is nature, doesn't use it. Right? Yeah. And that, you know, that distinction feels... Anyway, mm-hmm. there's, like, a lot of... I said just said a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to unpack this movie. But basically, yeah, I think, I think the ending is, like, really beautiful and profound and sad and complex, but I do not think... Um, it is not a hope that feels empty to me. It feels vital. Mm-hmm. It feels really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I'll say about the ending, and, like, we discussed this before, like, I am very happy <laughs> that um, the relationship between Ashitaka and San is kind of, like, left open. Yeah. Um, Because, like, yeah, it was, like, kind of odd. I mean, if you thought the romance and if, you know, we discussed how like, the love story in uh, Whisper of the Heart is like, somewhat rushed. <laughs> like, it's true. this movie. <laughs> it's true. It's even less time. <laughs> it's like, less time. And it's like, and I was like, I forgot the time frame of this movie is like, two days or whatever. Yeah. However, it's not very long. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, he like, sees her once and then like, the next time he sees her, when she comes in, he's like, I have to protect her. <laughs> yeah. And then like, he's like, you're beautiful. And she's like, I guess I won't kill you. And yeah. stuff. And then they're like, ah, yeah. And like, it's a beautiful line. Like Moro tells, um, San, cause like Ashitaka leaves. Um, right. And stuff. Like, I think, cause like, did like San ask him to? I'm trying to remember um, exactly what. But I just uh, what I remember. Oh, because he. Okay, well, part of it is I think he's like, oh, the forest spirit can cure me, so I'm just gonna go. And then he sort of gets roped back into it when he sees Iron Town under mm-hmm. attack. Right, is part of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. but like Moro tells um, San, she's like that boy was like ready to like give up everything, yeah. <laughs> you know, for you, right? And like like give you his whole life. Yeah. And um. I think I think it was like he was ready to give up everything to spend the rest of his life with you, right? Um, and stuff. And I was like, "What? <laughs> when did yeah. this happen?" But like, right. I think like obviously like they have this really powerful connection, and so like I'm really glad that in the end she's like, "I'm still I'm like gonna do my own thing," right? And like I hate humans, but he's like, "Okay, like I will come visit you and right. stuff," because it's like, yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's something about like I mean. I, it's, um, I think it's particularly something in, in our sort of, uh, you know, community that becomes a 
the problem, like the problem of forgiveness and like forgiving people. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate this movie does not ask Son to forgive the humans for what they've done. Yeah. Right. And I think, and maybe like maybe, you know, maybe in the future she gets there, or maybe like the relationship between her and Iron Town and you know changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's capacity for that to happen, but I appreciate that this movie like sets up a lot of horrible things that the humans did mm-hmm. to her. And to, you know, the people that, I mean, the animals that she loves. Um, and does not expect her to just let it go because she met a nice boy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that that beat where she's like, I still hate humans is, like, just so, like, it's just taken very seriously. Yeah. And just left to be, I think, in a way that, like, yeah, like, I just, you know, I feel like there's a lot of really immature ways to talk about, like, trauma and loss mm-hmm. in, in film. And I think this movie does a lot of stuff really, really well. Yeah. Right? And it's, like, Ashitaka, like takes it seriously but also doesn't take it personally right right yes <laughs> yeah like because because also yeah. he's like he point like you know <laughs> sorry i was thinking about like you know ashitaka is the guy on twitter who someone says like hashtag not you know <laughs> does not say hashtag all not all men you know <laughs> says something good i guess <laughs> except not he's not even like ashitaka's not on twitter no you know he's not on twitter. he would never he would never <laughs> yeah um so but it's just because, you know, like, he points out to Son that she's human. She's right. like, I'm not. <laughs> like, you know. Right. But, like, she is. And that is, like, something that she, like, is going to take so, time. Yeah, we didn't talk about this scene um, because, so, so right after this forest spirit gets killed, mm-hmm. Ashitaka helps save Lady Hiboshi from mm-hmm. the goop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comes up to San, and San is like, yo what are you doing? Like, you just saved this person who killed God. (laughs) Like, what is wrong with you? And also, yeah, we talked about the crystal dagger at the beginning. Yes. He gave the crystal dagger to her. Yes, before he left. Right, and then she stabs him with it. In like, And the thing is, it's like in this, like, his now his whole chest is covered in, like, the curse, right? And it seems like it just, like, it's just, like, hard flesh or something. It just doesn't hurt him, right? And he just embraces her. Yeah. And she, like, sobs into him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you got moment, again, like where like her anger and like i don't know like there's maybe a way you could say like ashitaka like maybe you're in the wrong here or whatever right um i do not yeah i think i think an incorrect read of this movie is that it's like nature centrism (laughs) (laughs) Um, i don't think that's a fair way to read it um but like her anger in that moment is taken really seriously Mm -hmm. right and it's not like her lashing out in violence is not like oh, like, what a horrible thing she did. And even though she does have this moment of, like, oh, wait, like, I just stabbed Ashitaka. Like, what? You know? It's it's still, like, he does not react in a way that's, like, oh, that you did this horrible thing, right? He just accepts her pain, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, mm-hmm. that's just is such a beautiful, yeah. compelling thing, right? And it's, mm-hmm. like, the world, you know, and then she's, like, what are we going to do? The world's dying, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, no, I think it's, Yeah. Like, this movie is so dense, and I think, like, <laughs> so many movies that are way less dense than this, like, try to, like, fit in, like, this, like, impo- like powerful, like, spiritual love connection, like, between two people. Right. And, like, so many fail. And, like, this one, it's, like, it lays, like, out some, like, a few pieces, right? <laughs> right like, we yeah. talked about and stuff. And then, like, the ending is, like, yeah, like... Who knows what their story is going to look like, but like they are committed to like trying. Right. Something. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily like, it may not be a romantic relationship. Yeah. Right? And actually I think that's something that like, I, I like, it's something, I, this is like a weird point of comparison, but something I also like about Pacific Rim mm-hmm. is that the main relationship at that is not 
like is like there's sexual tension, mm-hmm. but it does not end in an explicit romantic way. Even though I think they shot an ending where they kiss at the end, mm-hmm. the two the two leads, um, and that's something actually I think is good. Like I appreciate that like these kinds of relationships can have value and have like narrative like kind of narrative cachet and value. Yeah. Quote unquote. Right. Without having it be like oh they have to have this this like romance right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's a good ending. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I feel like we've touched most of the stuff on our notes. I guess something I want to talk about is my favorite thing, uh, liminality. Yes. <laughs> because this movie, I mean, both I think both Ashitaka and San are characters who are very much in between, right? They're both sort of humans who have a have a connection to, um, like sort of an outside world or the natural world in a way mm-hmm. that other humans characters in the story don't. I think it's also significant to me that um, Ashitaka is very feminine looking. Mm-hmm. He's very like, I mean, he's pants and this really handsome guy, right? But um, he's sort of softer features and looks very young. Whereas like s- pretty much all the other men in the movie are like very sort of like heavy set and masculine. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jigo has like these two big old warts and like a little <laughs> weird goatee and you yeah. know, it's like that got this square shaped head and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and like, there's also like, uh, Lady Hiboshi's, like, personal assistant. He's, oh, like, yeah. this big burly guy. Yeah. Right? And all the miners and, and soldiers who work uh-huh. there are just, like, these, like, dudes, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like... And, yeah, so, like, Ashitaka's this figure who, like, literally... And, like, is also, like, parlaying and, like, existing with both men and women in a way that, like, the men don't with the women and the women don't with the other men in the story, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. No, they're, you know. like, very... Um... Yeah. Well, like, the, like, so there's a part... There's, like, a separation. Of, yeah. Of, of well, like, so all the men gender. are, like, eating together... Right, and Ashitaka's with them, and then all the women are, like, at the door. They don't go inside, yeah. right? They're just at the door, like, gawking at Ashitaka, Well, they're like, you right? should come eat with us. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, like, I'm gonna, I'll drop by the place where you work later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I don't know if there's, like, an exact thing, but I do think, again, like, it's sort of like, yeah, cool and San and, the, and, like, Ashitaka both sort of all represent these, like, threats to the binaries that have been set up by the rest of the people in the story. Mm-hmm. And, that, like you know, articulate, I think, part of a path to a healed world, right? Um, And I think Ashitaka's sort of ambiguous gender plays into that a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, Something that makes me think of um, is just, like, yeah, like, people... Like, plenty of people, like, exist, like, within the binary. Yeah. um, And stuff, but there are just, like, so many ways to just, like not be constrained by it um right. like i just think of um so toki who is my favorite yeah and we have not mentioned we have not once. mentioned her once um she's like incredible she is has like quite a small part yeah um, but she's just like she's kind of like the head of all the brothel girls um and she's married to one of the men who ashitaka rescues right um and stuff and she is just like so brash yeah um, well also I, I think this is one more point that mm-hmm. goes back to my yike that i think i want to touch on really mm-hmm. quick here is that she's horny for ashitaka mm-hmm. but there's never like oh she's gonna be unfaithful to her husband you know or anything yeah. weird like that she's just allowed to like yeah. be attracted to this guy and it's not like threatening to Anybody. Anybody, right? It's anyway, so that's, yeah, so that's, like, I think it's just a good thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, and stuff, but she is, like, so brash and stuff, and, like, when her husband, Karuku, is, like, brought back, she, like, is, like, oh, my gosh, like, you're alive. And then she, like, just immediately starts, like, berating him. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And stuff, and, like, the whole movie, she's, like, oh, like, you're 
you're lazy and stuff. And he is like, yeah, he like is like one of these like masculine looking men, but he's like kind of soft. Like he feels gentler. Um, right. Yeah. Well, also he's, he's like hurt and like sort of like is very like visibly hurt and he's not like yeah. he's not like grinning and bearing it or like you know he's not like gruff. He's not yeah. like Bruce Willis <laughs> in Die Hard where he's like stepping on glass. He's like, well, I'm still gonna fight these Germans or whatever, yeah. right? Like, he's just like, oh, I'm so wounded. <laughs> yeah, and stuff, <laughs> right? and, like, um, and so, like, that means, like, because he's there when, like, the samurai are attacking, like, when yeah. all the men are gone and, like, the women are just, like, fighting back. Right. So he's, like, there with Toki yeah. and stuff, and he's, like, it's nighttime, you know, like, the samurai have kind of, like, camped for the night and stuff, and so he's, like, sleeping, and Toki's, like like being her bad self and just yeah. like hey like you lazy bum like our town is like in yeah. danger you need to wake up like one of the other women is like it's like it's okay like you know he can sleep and she like like i can't remember exactly it goes but she like thinks on it you know and stuff and like yeah. just thinks like because she does like love him i don't i just feel like There's it's a... this way like where like yeah like iron town is like super like this is w- what the men do and they stay over here. Right. And, like, this is what the women do. And, like, they're completely separate, except for, like, they're all married. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and also, like, um, Hiboshi is, like, obviously, like, sort of splitting that, too. Yeah. But it's also in a way that, like, it's a very, like, I mean, yeah, it's like Queen Elizabeth. Like, Queen Elizabeth is queen, but that doesn't mean things are better for women. Yeah. And it's different than that because, obviously, she's, like, making things materially better for a lot of these women. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, but there is still the segregation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. But, like, even, like, in the midst of that, we just see, like, yeah, like, different ways of, like, people existing and, like, different relationships and, like, you know, kind of, like, figuring out, like, yeah, like, what does it mean for, like, a woman to be, like, in charge, you know, and, like, for her husband to, like, be soft, you know, right, when, yeah. like, most other people are not like that and stuff. And I think it's just, like, it's just nice. I love Toki yeah. so much. She's so great. Well, I think that's the thing is, like, there is, um, I think this is a movie that's really, really good at... Um, this is something that I think, um, shouts to the other animal mapping Ghibli thing that's going on. <laughs> and then an airplane talked about with, uh, Castle in the Sky that we didn't really talk about is mm-hmm. how there's sort of this implicit trust of the military that's in like the mining oh, yeah. community, <laughs> right? Um, that isn't like, I don't think it's like, I think it's something that could be addressed in that movie. And obviously the military is depicted as very bad, yeah. you know, but, um, but it's not really talked about or like moved through. And I think Princess Monarchy doesn't have any of these moments where it's like, oh, the world like isn't. Like, if it's left ambiguous, it feels pretty deliberate, right? Like, it's, you know, and I think that's something this movie is just really good at, is sort of fleshing out this world in a way that, like, each corner of it feels. Like, like, Toki and her husband feel like complete people, Mm -hmm. even though they're in it so briefly, and there's, like, more, like, you know that there's more to their relationship, and there's more going on with it, Mm -hmm. and that you just don't see it, right? It does not... There's nothing in this movie that just feels like a flat backdrop, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, everything, there's there's something else, like, deeper in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, there's one thing I really want to, really, really want to get to before we wrap up. Uh-huh. And it's the music, because yes. I got some music thoughts. Some music thoughts. And some... Music fields. Music fields. So, I think this is maybe my favorite soundtrack um, of any of the Ghibli movies, even though I do think it's, it's kind of a bummer that this is, like, the first one that, like, definitively stops using synths, <laughs> yeah. you know, and becomes, Goodbye. like, fully orchestral, right? I think we don't see them again. Like, they're gone, and that is rough. Like, I really like that stuff. Um, but I do think the sort of, like, classical sort of orchestral way that this 
score is operating in just works incredibly beautifully, mm-hmm. um, super well. And there's just a couple of things I wanted to note, um, and that I will put like the, this, this episode's got music, baby. We're gonna have music samples mm-hmm. um, because so this is an opera mm-hmm. uh, by uh, oh shoot um, by Strauss, Richard, Richard Strauss. Let me double check. Yeah, Richard Strauss. Okay, so he wrote an opera called Salome, which is the story. I think I think Salome is the name of the woman who um, orders the death of John the Baptist from King Herod. Mm-hmm. There's a story about that. I think you're right. Right. Um, there was a scene in this opera, I guess, uh, true warning, like necrophilia, <laughs> um, where she kisses the beheaded head of John the Baptist, um, and there's a musical motif in it. is very, very similar to the musical motif that is the forest spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, which has obvious resemblances <laughs> uh, in like, 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 you know, things that are done with life that in death that maybe shouldn't be, be but also like, anyway, there's all sorts of, um, there's probably more to that. I just think it's super cool. And like the music feels like, drawing from sort of early like late 19th century early 20th century classical music mm-hmm. um like strauss and Mahler is particularly i think an, an influence here uh, the mm-hmm. first symphony there's not anything direct quotations but there's stuff in the first symphony particularly the first couple of movements that really reminds me mm-hmm. of of this and, and i think it, it's just drawing from that in a way that i think is really um just really beautiful and compelling. And anyway, I will throw that sample in there. Like, so I basically, it's, it's been years since I listened to it, and I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. And so I was like, no, there's no way. This is definitely like a quotation of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you give some amusing thoughts too, I think, right? Oh, just just something like, yeah, the music was good. It's like, um, yeah, like out of all the movies, sort of like I feel, um, it, there's not like at least for me like having only seen it once it's like i could not pull out like a theme like yeah you know, i can I, pull like, out two or three you I know think, yeah. um and stuff so like it is like this different like obvious shift um even i was just listening to some of the music from totoro again today and like it is like worlds apart um yeah but um <laughs> i was looking up you know well this music is also so it's so dark and bassy at times mm-hmm. where it's just these really low sort of lumbering mm-hmm. notes right yeah. Um. um but i was looking up because you know you were talking about like after watching it, you were like yeah i think there's all these quotations of different pieces so i was like doing some googling and um it says that like yeah one of the pieces that it like pulls from heavily is um shostakovich's um fifth symphony and i was like how can that be that's one of my favorite pieces and i would have noticed it um but then now this is where i have to out myself that i have only exclusively listen to the fourth movement. That's right. <laughs> um, I have listened to the fourth movement of the fifth symphony countless times. Um, like, yeah, I have like all ten minutes of it memorized. I do not know a single bit <laughs> of any of the other movements. There so you go. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there it is. It's probably you know something from one of the other movements, and I am a rube. Yeah. Oh, you should just listen to it. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Man, yeah, oh, I should just, I, you know, classical music is good. Mahler is so good. 
Shostakovich is so good. Yeah, so we just need to exchange. <laughs> this is our... Because, like, it's, like, me, the only like, classical composer that I'm into is Mahler. Yeah. And so it's, like, we need to exchange a little knowledge. I mean, like, you know, I like Beethoven, Mozart, fine. Like, like I'm, I'm not a... I'm not... I don't have any active opinions about them, but I think they're neat. Russians. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that about covers it for yeah. the general stuff. We do have some questions from yeah. your friend Preethi. Yes, so again, my friend Preethi, who loves this movie. Um, I specifically asked her to send us some questions. Yeah. Um, and stuff, and so like maybe transitioning, because um, she asked like, what is, what is our favorite track or like musical moment i don't really feel like i have one like i didn't get a grasp enough on yeah. it you know this first time around like is yours is your favorite moment like the solo my stuff or like was there something else yeah i i have i have a couple of things i think the the one that always hits me so right after ashitaka leaves the village um there's the shot of him riding across like the hills of japan mm-hmm. where it plays sort of the main theme mm-hmm. I think of the movie like sort of the like his theme or sort of the, the theme of the Imishi kind of um and that moment always gets me in mm-hmm. a big way and part of it is because like I know what is coming like I don't know if that moment hits the same way if you haven't seen the movie before mm-hmm. um but every time it it really gets me I also really like um when the four spirit dies there's this like there's these like kind of vocalization stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like that's really like it's so it's also different. It feels more natural. There might actually be a synth in that part, <laughs> but if there is, it's just like this like low drone that's in the back, yeah. right? Like it's very subtle. Um, and I think that that moment is like really is really striking, particularly like how like the rest of the music is very like sort of um, a lot of it's really melodic, and it, when it's not, it's also just very like sweeping and sort of natural. And this that moment when the four spirit dies is such a jarring contrast to that in a way mm-hmm. that I think is just really striking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other question is, uh, well, the second question is favorite character arc and why. Um, <laughs> I like talked about Toki. Yeah, <laughs> I love, I love her. Um, yeah, she's so great. She's she's so good. Um. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to watch this movie again. That's honestly what I feel like. Um, yeah. Because, like, I think, like, Lady Oboshi arc is, like, very gradual. Like, it's, like, small. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, because she started, like, one of the first things, like, when, you know, Ashitaki's talking to her, she's like, yeah, like, I'm going to take over the world. You know, right, she's like, yeah. she's like, it's not like maniacal, you know, yeah. it's like, but she's like serious you know? right? Yeah. and stuff. And then just like at the, the end, she's like, oh yeah, like you're right. And like, you know, right. like, she like, was right. like yeah. you know, I do like, like I care about all these people. Right. Which like she, I think she always has. Right. Right. But it's more like, okay, like. Well, I think even there, there's a couple of bits where, like, she, when, when after the the first attack, when the wolves attack them on the, mm-hmm. the cliffside at the beginning oh, of the movie, yeah. she, like, they're like, oh, should we try and find them? And they're yeah. like, no, they're dead, right? Yeah. And a couple of them aren't, aren't dead, right? Yeah. And she does, like, welcome them back and, like, apologizes to them. There's not, like, it's not yeah. uncaring exactly, but there is a pragmatism yeah. that's like, oh, I'm just going to leave these people behind. And then when she finds out that, like, samurai are attacking Iron Town, she's like, that's fine. They yeah. can take care of themselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there, I think, I think what changes is there is this like sense of immediacy, right? Yeah. To those, because I think, yeah, like she realizes how quickly things can be lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I just think that is good. Um, it's very cool. 
Yeah, I guess I talked a lot about San mm-hmm. stuff, and I think the way her relationship with Ashitaka develops and how that sort of shakes out without sort of her losing this um, this hatred of humans, I think is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, I don't know how many of the characters really go through a ton of growth in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of like really subtle stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of static characters, though. Like, I think um, Jigo does not change. Yeah. He is the same person at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a shot of him. He's like, "Oh, you can't win them all, I guess." You know, he's like, <laughs> he's learned nothing, right, yeah. from this whole experience. Um, uh, so yeah, I think that's. I think San is maybe just the, and like I don't, I don't think even think Toki like changes all that much, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but yeah, I think. And the thing is, again, we already talked about this. I just find everybody in this movie really compelling. I think there's interesting yeah. stuff going on with every character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the other, the other quite, the last question was, how do you think the world building compares to before? I feel like we've thoroughly addressed that question, unless there's something you want to bring up right here. Yeah, no, I think just, like, pointing out that, like, like, what you, exactly what you said, that, like, every corner feels, like, complex, and, like, we're not seeing most of it. Right. Um, but, like, it's all happening. Yeah. Um... Like, yeah, right. like, if it just feels like well, maybe... in some of the other movies, it's, like, we focus, like, on our main characters, because, like, right. that's where everything interesting is happening. Right, right, yeah. Well, I think there is, I mean, maybe one thing is different is that, um, like, all of sort of the exposition about the world in, like, Kiki or Totoro mm-hmm. is directly related to what the characters are experiencing in the plot right now, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean, it lets us dwell in those places, right? But it's always sort of relevant to them in a, in a very specific way. Whereas, like, Princess Mononoke, there's more, it's actually maybe kind of like more like Porco Rosso in this way, <laughs> um, where there's a lot of stuff happening in the back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that is that is important or, like, relevant to what the characters are experiencing, but not in the same direct kind of way. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, you know, I don't know. I'd have to, like... Yeah. You know, watch these movies and like build like a theory of it. But I think that's sort of yeah. Well, uh, I think, basic level. What's I the think it them. it helps like exactly with Porco Rosso. Um, I think it helps that it's like taking place in a real location. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so and like obviously, you know, we talked about it's kind of like an amalgamation of like different cultures, maybe. You know. Yeah. And, right. Like, you know, and, like these mystical elements and stuff, but like. But like yeah, like um yeah. Well, like I guess the fictional fictional European countries, the, all, <laughs> right. all the all the European countries that we've been to that don't exist. Um, like they're all like beautiful, and like the townspeople, you know, pass through the background, and like right. isn't is are, they're all so charming, you know, and right, stuff. Yeah. But, like they exit the frame, and like they're right. <laughs> Um, well, I think it's true, and I guess I, I didn't really talk about this when we sort of went over the history earlier, but, like, the stuff that was, like, happening in the Ramashi period were, like, war, like warring samurai mm-hmm. and the, like, the discovery, you know, the bringing over of gunpowder from the West and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Like, things that happened in this movie were happening in the time, even if they didn't happen. Like, I don't, yeah. there was not an Iron Town, right? Yeah. Um, but things were going on that were similar to what is being depicted in this mm-hmm. movie, right? Yeah, so I think that helps. Yeah. Um, no, that, like, you know... Not that these, like, obviously we love these other movies, like, that right. take place in these, you know, fictional, fictionalized, um, places, but, like, yeah, it just, it's so complex. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, it's wild that, like, this podcast is, like, almost as long as the movie is now, <laughs> and I do not feel like we have touched, I mean, I feel like we, we were, like, we're done. Yeah, we we're out, done. <laughs> but, like... But there's, like, we could, you know, we could record maybe another two hours on a different day, right? No. Um, I'm excited for the, and then an aeroplane. 
episode. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> curious about how that's going to swing out. So shout outs to them. Yeah. Speaking of which. Yes. So first off, our next movie is Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll watch that next. Um, we are supported by the the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network. Yes. Which you can find at abnormalmapping.com mm-hmm. and support on Patreon at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. Yes. You can you know also listen to the podcast where they talk about these movies that we're also watching. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be found on Twitter at Seasons Movie Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us your questions at se- so seasonspod at gmail.com. Yes. You can find the RSS feed and the archive and the link to iTunes on abnormalmapping.com slash seasonsmoviepod. Mm-hmm. Emma, where can people find you online? You can find me um, on Twitter at U of Wales, the letter U, and the aquatic mammal, U of Wales. And you can also find me, you know, waiting patiently, wistfully looking at my laptop, constantly updating the season's email account. <laughs> yes, yeah, please, please send us questions. We need to be, okay, so we need to be more consistent about recording, but also we need to be more consistent about reaching out to people. Um, and so, but yeah, we would love to hear your questions. Yes. Please send us your questions. Mm-hmm. Send your questions about any movie we've done. We are always down to talk about Star Wars. Yes. This is the true facts. It is absolutely true. Yeah. We talk about Star Wars so much in our free time. I am probably going to go watch the trailer when we're done recording. Oh, that's right. That came out today. Yep. Woof. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you can find me online at Grace underscore Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. We're going to record yeah, that can... episode, I guess, in a couple months because we'll, we'll do that episode nine episode. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. We're doing that for sure. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. You can also find Grace at graceinthemachine.com. Yeah. You can find her recent piece where she talks about humans and nature right. yes, interacting. I did. <laughs> I did write about that, yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it to Untitled Goose Game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. You, you can get more of Grace's thoughts on nature. Oh, yeah. You can, also, you can also catch me on, on Twitch um, at twitch.tv slash graceinthemachine. I'm, I just finished up Assassin's Creed 2, mm-hmm. and now I'm starting Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Those games are dumb, but they're fun. <laughs> so They're so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I fist fought the Pope last episode. It was incredible. Yeah. And by incredible, I mean so bad. <laughs> so bad. Such a, So many decisions were made. Um, anyway, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, especially this super long episode yeah um thanks so much bye Bye.